Welcome to Tech Driven Business brought to you by Innovative Solution Partners. In this episode, David C. Williams of AT&T rejoins me to talk about the power of no code. It's the latest buzzword in the tech industry, but what does that mean for you and your organization? Listen in as he talks about the impact no code has on your business operations and more importantly, on your team. Hello, David. How are you? Welcome to Tech Driven Business. Yes, sir. Most sincere pleasure to meet with you today, man. I'm excited. Awesome. So uh, I'd like to talk about um, the no code. You know, this whole buzzword has been going around and I know you have a lot of background in this area. So I'd like to talk about that. How does that sound to you? Sure. Sounds good. Awesome. Okay. All right, so we'll, we'll get right into it. You know, um, we all know that, you know, no code is really taking off now. Uh, can you explain, just give us, give us a, a lowdown on what is really meant by no code and get into some details. Sure. So um, strangely enough, this part of technology actually sounds like what it is. Usually it's like, you got to go figure it out. You know, what is C sharp? But um, no code and low code technology are ways of uh, building software without having to type traditional lines of code. And probably one of the most popular, uh, familiar uh, no-code platforms is like GoDaddy, where you can build a website, right? Uh, I remember the first website I built, I had to, I was learning HTML and typing and writing HTML at the same time. Today, you don't have to know HTML at all in order to build a successful website. Um, There's other no-code platforms, Zapier, IFTTT, um, stuff like that. There's some low-code stuff that gets into like bot building where you don't have to be a full-stack developer, but you can still build some pretty complex things. And so it's a a pretty... um, Amazing technology. I, I honestly, I believe that it, it, it evolved because the internet has just been around for so long that some of these small things people have just figured out how to automate it so that they can get on to building bigger um, things like metaverse or something. Absolutely, absolutely. So I know we, we, you explained that part of it. Now you know everything has got some kind of business end to it, right? So how have you seen businesses leverage no code? Oh, man. So um, in the bot community or robotics process automation community, folks talk and, um, you know, all around the, 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 the industry of telecommunications, um, even in the banking world, um, folks are using uh, no code and low code solutions to solve business problems. Um, it, it, when I think about an AT&T um, obviously, we're one of the leaders in, in bots worldwide, and that's a low-code kind of platform altogether. But there are some no-code things that we have going on uh, that we've done some pretty significant things with. One was uh, we partnered with the uh, company and built a visual IVR. Uh, what a lot of people don't realize is that technology that we used to build it was low-code or almost no-code to some degree. Um, another one was uh, when COVID broke out, um, we put this spy data masking, this um, sensitive information masking um, on our 
in our processes so that when folks work from home, they, they're not exposed to all this customer data, sensitive data. Um, we did that in about five weeks. It normally would have taken six months. The way we were able to solve for that was we used a no-code solution to drive that uh, business process. Um, and so a lot of times people are looking for, you know, an ax and you really need a scalpel, right? You know, and so it, depending on what it is you're trying to do, how fast you need it done, especially when you think at ROI, low code and no code has a strong seat at the table um, to achieve those objectives. That's interesting. You know, you mentioned a lot of times, you know, these, these new technologies, they come out and they take their own lives, right? I mean, and in this case, I mean, what I'm hearing from you is not only just a, a, a buzzword, it's almost like how it's, the power of this is so much that it can solve business problems or, or you know, come up with solutions in a much quicker or better way. So that is pretty, pretty uh, interesting. Yeah, it, it's exciting, you know, to think of it's. I liken it to this, right? So um, today there's the metaverse that's going on, right? Some people know what it is. A lot of people don't, right? And um, the metaverse, uh, all intended purposes, is a new internet, right? It's a new digital space that's 3D-ish. Um, it has proximity, you know, types of things where you're walking down the street versus just browsing different websites. And um, it, it's taken the internet to an entirely new experience, right? It's literally transforming when you uh, finally, you know, get into the metaverse and understand it, you can see how transformative it is of an experience versus typical internet browsing. Low code and no code technologies, those platforms are, um, they have the power to transform business processes in the same exponential way. Typically, when folks are thinking about trying to transform a large enterprise, they're thinking of hundreds of millions or billions of dollars to do that. You know, the truth of the matter is it doesn't always take that. Sometimes, um, you know, sometimes you need to, to, to screw, to, to bolt one item to another. Sometimes you need to weld it. Sometimes you, you should glue it, right? And low code and no code have found all of, it finds its way into all of those crevices, all of those uh, inefficiencies, all of those gaps where one system won't talk to another and help to bond them together, whether needing glue, staples, welding, et cetera, right? Uh, maybe traditional IT is bolting, right? And so sometimes it's good to bolt something, but you probably wouldn't want to bolt one sheet of paper to another, right? You know, you might want to figure out a different way to attach them. And so um, low code and no code have their place just as well as traditional IT. But yeah, it is it is literally capable of transforming business processes overnight. That's a great example you use. Thank you. So let, let's get into a, on, on a personal side. So, you know, when we first met, I was really blown away by everything you do personally and professionally. So let me ask you this. What is your latest project? You know, let's, sure. let's get into that. <clears throat> Man, um, the latest project I am... Um, I'm working on releasing a book. I just signed a book uh, contract with a, a publisher. 
Um, and um, I'm really excited about it. You know, we're, we're putting the whole marketing plan and all that stuff together. The book is called Business Model. And um, it's the thesis of it is combining your past experiences with your uh, professional passion to create your own unique business model. Um, for me, I, I come from very humble beginnings. Um, I lost my dad to suicide when I was eight. My mother uh, worked 34 years at the post office, right? And so um, she taught me uh, living in her house under her roof. Um, she showed examples of how she makes a dollar out of 15 cents, how she makes ends meet. I, I submit to anyone that if the CFO were to make a dollar out of 15 cents, that CFO would be CEO. And so a lot of times folks have this, these cultural lessons, these things that we've learned as children um, and from our own communities that are transferable skills, but we do not take them to work. We leave them in the parking lot. And the book talks about my own personal experiences and encourages others to take that uh, ingenuity um, into work with them because it can most certainly help to um, change the trajectory of their career and their aspirations. So that's um, that book is a big deal for me. Um, you know, it's uh, the first one I, I plan to release and we have a, a, a cool little thing we're doing with it, which is uh, maybe it's not little, but I created a, my own cryptocurrency and uh, with purchases of the book, uh, we'll offer about five shares or so of the crypto coin. Um, it's not live right now, so you know, uh, we'll send the links when pre-sale pre is ready. But I'm, I'm really excited about having my own cryptocurrency. Um, it's, it's a, the logo is beautiful, the, the meaning and all of that is as well. And so I can't wait to unveil it. Very excited about it. Oh, absolutely. I'm excited just listening to you. And uh, <laughs> I think congratulations in, is in line for that for you. Um, and, and best of luck with that. That is definitely something uh, really interesting, taking your personal experiences and turning into something that folks can, you know, guide themselves going forward in the in the business world as well as personal. So, yeah, um, I'll tell you this much. So. Um, the coin is called. Anomaly. Interesting. Yeah, it's the anomaly coin. And um, that is because I believe that all of us are anomalies, especially those that come from humble beginnings, underserved neighborhoods, things like that. Um, people who don't necessarily show up in the demographics of what folks are looking for in a, can in a specific candidate pool. Those folks are anomalies, right? You know, you have um, today I think about like um, Simone Biles, who's a gymnast, but she's also a businesswoman. Um, you know, you can say the same for Serena, um, Naomi Osaka, just, you know, so many people who they just don't fit in one mold. Right. And I would submit that a lot of us are the same way. Look how many software developers um, have colorful body art all over them. They're not just a technical person. They also have a creative side to them as well. Right. Think about um, people who um, didn't necessarily have a traditional tech background, but are doing amazing things in technology. Um, all of these folks 
all of these folks, no matter where they come from, whatever background, um, all of them are anomalies. And, you know, this coin and this book uh, is most certainly something that um, I, I believe that uh, all anomalies around the world would be able to embrace. That is that is awesome. It kind of takes me into just right into my next question. You know, uh, you talked about folks getting into technology, right? So we know that no code opens up new opportunities, especially for those to, that, that do not have a STEM background. Uh, what are you seeing, even with your own team, uh, in terms of backgrounds and opportunities that are really now open to those who may be interested into getting into technology or in on the tech side? Yeah, you know, um, this is a, um, it's almost a status quo kind of a thing when I think about it. Um, you know, so let's say, um, you know, someone high ranking in an organization or a department wants to go visit that department in whatever city or state. And they may come in and they'll have a tour and they'll walk around, they'll check out things and so forth and so forth. And yep, they're the leader. They run it. They are responsible for all of it. And they make the decisions to, you know, ideally make it run better and, and do better. But the truth of the matter is this. It is the person on the front line who is doing the job every day, whether they're swinging the hammer, taking the phone call, ringing the register. It's the person on the front line who truly knows where the bodies are buried. They know the true inefficiencies of whatever department that is, hands down, right? They talk about it in the break room every other day, right? Um, they talk about it amongst themselves. I don't know why we have to do these TPS reports. We should just have something that's digital, yada, yada, yada. I don't know why these calls come in this way. We should do it. I don't know why we, we're using screwdrivers. We should just have a drill. Yada, I mean, they, you know, they know these things. When you can equip that body of people with capabilities to make that job more efficient, they're going to do it for themselves first. It's going to make their own world easier, their own day easier. They're going to be happier about the work that they do. They're going to be more effective in what they're doing. They're going to be happier about the work that they're doing because now they have a part in how the work actually gets done. They have a little bit of ownership into it. And so you get all of these intuitive benefits literally for free just because you switch from A to B, just because you empowered them with this no-code solution. When I think beyond that, I would say, you know, and I've sat through a bunch of these, and a lot of them for the right reasons, but, you know, sometimes you get to addressing a problem or trying to address some problems, and the first thing is that a consultant is hired. Then the consultant is going to ask for a whole bunch of information. They're going to charge some money to do it. They're going to do some analysis. They're going to come back with their assessment. Once they get the assessment, then they hand it off to the IT group who's going to take it and try to write requirements to go build it. There's going to be cost associated to that. Then you hope that when it's done and they deliver it to the client, it works exactly as intended. But we know how that goes. And so there's probably some tweaks that have to be made. Phase two, phase three, et cetera. That's a long time. A lot of elbow grease, probably a lot of money. And you can skip a lot of that by just 
going directly to the source, the folks on the front line who truly know where the bodies are buried, where the problems lie, and either and empowering them, training them, empowering them with some capabilities so that they can help to transform the business and have a stake in it. They know exactly where the root causes lie, right? They just don't have the tools to go fix it. That's interesting. That's that's really, um, I think that's probably the, the direction in terms of how things are changing, especially for folks who are really not into technology, but this is, this whole drive is pushing them into that direction, making it easier for them to enter this field, which yeah. will be a yeah, big and you, and you know, and so there's like two, when I think about no code, there's kind of two sides of it, right? There's no code where I'm, let's say, a financial analyst for a large firm. And maybe I'm equipped with some no code so I can automate the reports that I produce. Right? There may be a monthly report that takes six hours out of my day that I have, and I can automate four hours out of that and get four hours back, right? There's that type of um, desktop automation. Then there's you know, automation that's more like my team, where we're building solutions for a body of people, an entire business process. And you, you do need some bit of controls because you don't want, you know, 40,000 different software developers, you know, building your um, foundational platform, right? That might be a little weird without some um, consistency. But for their own task, sure, it works perfectly. So my team, we take that same type of technology, we're just a centralized group with a consistent um, method of development, a, 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 a proven um, a program of rigor that we put around our no-code, low-code developments so that there is some consistency and it doesn't break things and it works with all the other tools and applications and so forth. But either way, um, this is the future. I would even tell you the way my team gathers requirements is radically different than how others do. We don't write anything down when we're taking requirements. There's no pen and paper. We literally, you know, get someone who does that process. We'll pull up a video conferencing and record it and let them walk through the process, you know, half a dozen times, talk through it with us, tell us how they feel about it, what's supposed to work, what they're doing. And we take that back and go build to that. Right. It makes it easy on them. They don't have to pick up a pen and paper and try to explain. Right. You know, articulate what it is that they're trying to um, do or say. They can just show us. Right. And a picture's worth a thousand words. A video is worth a million. Absolutely. And, so, and, and by doing that, we're able to quickly get those requirements, get exactly what it is that they mean. There's no misunderstandings from, you know, tr uh, things being transposed from performing it to writing it to building it. It's one-to-one. -one. So that brings out really good code, no code, but really good solutions, fast automation builds, and so forth. That is great. Now, that's definitely the way to go and makes it so much easier to do the translation from requirements to design to actual development work. Uh, I know you've been uh, talking about a lot of different things and, um, and coming to the end of our session, um, what is the one key takeaway you would want our listeners to leave with today? Yeah, it's this one. 
Um, you know, the stuff that um, we've been talking about has a lot of potential and that type of potential um, can, uh, it's not easily adopted sometimes, you know, different organizations or companies are maybe apprehensive to something new, something, un excuse me, unfamiliar. It may seem like open source and they feel like it's leaving the, the vault door open or something, right? What I would say is this, the greatest prison people live in is the fear of what other people think. And so if you have a really good idea and you believe it is going to make your firm, your work group, yourself more efficient, more productive, it's going to help the customers that you serve. It's going to fulfill a need in our society. Um, I would submit to you to be bold and courageous about that idea. Work on the things that you can that can help hopefully reduce the fear others may have about it. But certainly in yourself, please have no fear. Because just because somebody else doesn't think it's a good idea, they said the same about Netflix. They, same this, they said the same about Google. They said the same about a bunch of artists that we're all going to listen to later today, right? So have the courage to take your idea boldly to where you think it should go. And, you know, if it's in technology, no code and low code is a really good way to get that moving forward. That's a great advice. Thank you so much, um, David. I mean, it's been a pleasure talking with you and uh, we'll look forward to meeting and talking with you in the future. Thank you. Same here, brother. Talk to you soon. Thanks for listening to Tech Driven Business brought to you by Innovative Solution Partners. David shared some key points on the value of no-code to your operations including the power it gives to your team members. His key takeaway, no code has a lot of potential, but it may be difficult for others to see. So have the courage to take your idea boldly where you think it should go. We would love to hear from you. Continue the conversation by connecting with me on LinkedIn or Twitter. Learn more about Innovative Solution Partners and schedule a free consultation by visiting isolutionpartners.com. Never miss a podcast by subscribing to our YouTube channel. Information is in the show notes.